Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Okay, number one, we don't get down by what we see. We're talking about faith this morning. Very important. We do not get down, church, as conquering born-again believers. We do not go down. Our emotions are not deflated by what we see. Number two, we have faith in the midst of our trials and our tribulations. We trust God where we can't trace Him. It's a walk by faith every day. We don't have to have the answer in front of us for us to believe. We believe because God has spoken. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. We don't foster fear. We don't peddle fear. As Christians, we are researched. We don't bow down to the common narrative. We are not brainwashed people, but we have a wisdom, hear me now, that comes from above. The Bible says is pure, is gentle, is peaceable. But James comes along the apostle and he says this, but there is a wisdom that this world has. Did you know communism has a wisdom? secularism or Islam that has a wisdom. But the Bible talks about there's a wisdom of this world, which is first of all earthly, soulish and demonic, and it actually contends with Bible wisdom. The Bible says that there's a wisdom that comes from above, down, through the glory of light, through Christ. That's a wisdom. And I'm telling you, if you're gonna build your house upon the rock, you wanna be building it upon Jesus Christ in this day and age. Now's the time to jump into the river. Now's the time to get involved. Now's the time to surrender. Now's the time to sink our pride, to sink our distractions and begin to come to the Lord open-handed and open-hearted and say, God, I'm all yours. Uh, There's strong words here in 1 John 2.15 and I've been thinking about this for us and I'm not in a series or anything like that now, but there's things that the Lord has laid upon my heart for us. And this is a scripture here, 1 John 2.15, strong words these are. Do not love the world. Do not love the world. Please, church, do not love the world. Now, I believe in being contemporary. I believe in having 2,021 language. I believe sometimes the methods need to change somewhat, but the mission is always the same. Christ and Him crucified, knowing Him and making Him known. But don't love the world. Now, Jesus, the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. How does that work? I'll tell you. For God so loved the people, the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. God loves every person regardless of skin color, regardless of education, regardless of gender, Christ, everybody has intrinsic value. Christ loves the world that he gave, his son, Jesus, only son. When it says that God still loved the world, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the passion for humanity. But this here is not talking about the world like that. It's talking about the system or a system. Very important. We dare to define our terms. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the Father, I said it was going to be strong words. If anyone loves uh, the world, 
The love of the Father is not in him. Wow, that's amazing. So when we begin to yoke our soul with the spirit of this age, it speaks a message. The Bible talks about a double-minded, two minds over one matter. Then uh, Colossians uh, 2.8, and I read from the NLT this time as opposed to the New King James. Colossians 2.8, it says, don't let anybody capture you with empty philosophies. Think about that. Often when we read a scripture, did you know that we can sort of think, oh, yeah, it's a scripture. No, 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 you've got to break it down. Don't let anybody capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. That comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. Let's break that scripture right down. Okay, we'll break it right down for us. Don't let anybody capture you with nonsense that comes from human logic and demonic powers, but rather than Christ. Let's break it down again. Sometimes you get the scripture and you keep you, you get, go for keywords. I was telling our guys last night. And also sometimes you need to break it right down. What is it trying to say? <clears throat> Don't be taken in by human philosophies that are engineered by the demonic realm, but rather listen to Jesus. Does that say it all? So I want to share with us today, um, there's all sorts of narratives going around the world today, all sorts of thoughts and pressures, and it comes through education, comes through uh, philosophies, different ideologies around the world, comes through secularism, it comes through the um, media, all sorts of stuff. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. There's often mixture in there, but there are some things that are inherently wrong, and it flies against the face of the Word of God. And what happens because we work for governments and we work for different agencies and we rub shoulders with individuals, uh, uh, important people, important figures, and we're involved with different things around the world. We may have status or prestige. The idea is sometimes this comes around us and, we, and it's, it's difficult to see the wisdom of God in it. It's difficult to see that it becomes confused mess. But if we're in the Word of God, we can actually, that becomes our point of reference. It's the Word of God becomes our anchor. And we're now, be able, we're now able to see perspective of what is coming through media. Perspective is what has been presented through us now, through the context now of the Word of God. So what Jesus is saying, and you've got to understand this, you, you can't have one foot in the world. You can't have your mind, carnally minded as death, in the world. Your mind needs to be renewed. Romans 12, 2. Your mind needs to be back in to the presence of God. That's very important. And I believe I'm speaking prophetically. I said to Murray, I sat with him and I said, often I preach in Rarotonga messages well beyond their time. I said, it's before issues happen. So it's not when the issues are, I speak like an entree because you're about to have the solid meat. Sometimes I speak, it's like a prophetic word of warning and it comes out months beforehand. And then I see people fall into areas that I spoke about four months ago, that I addressed it two months ago, that I addressed it six months or a year ago. And that's very important. So I'm telling you now, and, I, and I'm asking you, please, please have an understanding and, and, and honor the Word of God as your first call and begin to see everything through the eyes of the Word of God. Now, Jesus has a 
a bit of an issue with this. He says, if you're going to love the world, now look, we're not, we're not talking about the trees. I'm a greenie. I love the trees. I believe we should be looking after our lagoons. You know how much plastic I, <laughs> I pick up on the beach in our place? It's unbelievable. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a greenie. My parents were greenies. They were tree huggers. They'd be horrified at the amount of drums that I've made out of wood. They would be. They'd be saying, I guess you'd be, you'd be planting them, wouldn't you, son? You'd be planting the back. And I have. I've got a beautiful tamanu tree growing. You'll see it as you go out afterwards. It's about high. Do you know what I did? I went and spoke to it the other day. I did. I spoke to that tree. Now, you're going to think I'm nutty, aren't you? Well, you can do. But I says, tamanu tree, tamanu tree, grow, grow, tamanu tree, tamanu tree. I said, tamanu tree, grow, grow, tamanu tree. And I looked around, nobody just around them began to dance. Tamanu tree, tamanu tree, grow, grow, tamanu tree. And I walked away and I turned around, got higher. It's incredible. I think it's an answer. We're on to something. No, uh, if you do studies, I, I, I listened to this uh, Christian guy who came here to Cook Islands, and he said, I'm a, a physicist, and I'm a scientist, and he said, I go around the world lecturing about trees. And he said, I'm up against hard heads, but he said, I weave creation into the seminars. He said, I'm up against qualified professors around the world, and they listen because of my degrees. And he said, listen, he said, trees are alive. The hills are alive. No, the trees are alive. He said, it's important. He said, if you took all the trees off the earth, it's only a matter of, of a few years before humanity begins to die off. Remember I told you there's a connection between land, the realm of the spirit and people? Very, very important. And so, so anyway, so getting back to this thing. No, I didn't dance. I did speak to it though, but not kind of like that. I want to encourage us because, look, your feet, where are they? Your feet, where are they? What camp is your foot in? Maybe you're a dancer and you've got them in every camp. But at some point following Jesus Christ, you have to have your feet in the one camp. It's like Natasha and I. I use it because the natural speaks of the spiritual. My feet aren't into the computer late at night when she's at bed watching pornography. Or my feet aren't with another woman with flirtation. Or my feet aren't in, in fantasy with somebody else. No, my feet are firm in my relationship. That's a natural picture that I speak of the things of God. How about us as born-again Christians? Are our feet firmly with Jesus? Or have we got them in so many other pursuits? You ready for this? That that pursuit, the emotion, the passion, the affection towards that pursuit is shared with equal value as we would with Jesus. Now, the Bible, if you read it for all it's worth, that's actually called idolatry. It's amazing. And I, I, we've got to understand that that there, that in itself, is, is, is what we would call as idol worship. It's idolatry when we're sharing. Now, I think you should love your career. Of course, uh, you should love sport. I think that's great. Music, there's so many things, that creation and everything that God has given us. Families, children, obviously. But it has its place. It's not the hottest thing on the block. 
the church, I had a picture of the church this morning, and I, I had a picture, and, and it, it's not a vision. It wasn't a spiritual vision, but just a natural picture, I believe. It wasn't inspired by God, but I just had a natural uh, soulish, if you like, vision of the church gathering together. And, and, and while well, I was listening to this piece of music this morning, and I just thought, man, the church itself coming together and everybody, we've, we've got an audience of one person. That's Jesus Christ. It's like everybody is shouting and celebrating and worshiping and praising one person in that building. And I thought, that's the church. I thought, that's us. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Man, it's good. The next year, number three, we have faith even when prayers don't seem to be answered yet. Yet. Jesus said this. He said, when I come back to earth, will I even find faith? It's a parable, an illustration about somebody pushing through in prayer when they didn't have the answer. Sometimes there are spirits of delay. There are spirits of hindrance. Paul said the enemy had hindered him. He identified it as that. But that shouldn't deter us. That shouldn't discourage us, folks. We should push on. Push on so we don't get discouraged if we don't have the answer yet. Daniel kept on praying. Very important. That's faith. Number four, we don't become deflated when we experience delay, right? Okay, then Ephesians 2.2. 2. I wanna come into this area here. <clears throat> Ephesians 2.2, 2. it says, we used to walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now, it's important that I actually give an explanation, a scholarly explanation of what we're looking at in the scripture so we understand it. Did you know there is a course it's like a track. It's like a flow. It's like a system of thinking that Paul identifies as engineered by Satan and the powers of darkness. Do you realize that? The Bible in Isaiah talks about the highway of holiness. Jesus says, and the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus has a path. Proverbs says there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. There is a path. And the scripture here is incredible because it says we used to walk according to the track or the course. That word, when we go back into the Greek, it is specific in its meaning. And this is what it means. It means it's a set pattern of thinking or marching to an arrangement of thinking. In other words, it's a program thinking. I would have to say respectfully, because I love people in the world, but when I listen to the narrative of friends and relatives and people, sometimes I think we're just programmed to believe certain things without really thinking through the social issues. I had somebody in the gym the other day, they asked me a question, and it was a non-Christian guy that is a kind of an atheist guy, so he says, but when I dig closer, no, this guy does believe in God. We talked about that, but I won't tell you what we talked about, but he, he asked a question what my position was on something. So I asked him a question. Then I began to give an explanation, and this is what he said. He said, you're the first person. He said, you're right. He said, I've never had it explained like that before. And I said, no, of course not. And I said, because there is a wisdom of this world. That's what we're hearing. That flows through media, that flows through television one and television three, and actually can flow through our government, can flow through the, it's called the spirit of this age. And Jesus says, don't lock into that. Don't bow your knee to that like 
Daniel, he said, you know, don't bow, don't, don't go, don't, be, don't, don't allow yourself. But be not fashioned according to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul comes on the scene. Don't be fashioned according to the world. So yes, we love the people. Yes, we love all that there is, good things and, and, and exciting stuff. But we are not, we are not uh, you know, the Bible says the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And so we've just got to watch that we're not buying into stuff like this. And if I want to really throw it out, church, to us this way, when Jesus Christ comes back to the church, the church is not a building. He's not coming back to the building. He's not coming back just because we turn up on a Sunday, we get jaunted or raptured. He's not just coming back for that. No, you know, Jesus is coming back for hearts, connection, relationships. Oh my goodness, he's, he's, he's coming back for engagement. He's not coming back to Jonathan because he's the pastor of the church. He's not coming back because I grew up in a Christian environment. No, he's coming back because Jonathan surrendered his heart to me, that he's in a love relationship, washed by the blood of Jesus. His sins are forgiven. He's walking in victory. He's walking steadfastly. I'll make mistakes. I'll sin. I'll say things I shouldn't say. I'll do things and think things I didn't say. But at the end of the day, when the spirit of repentance comes and conviction comes upon there, there's a heart that says, oh God, I'm sorry, help me, assist me. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit comes around me for another day. So when we fall down, we get up, we rise again. When we go down, we get up, we rise again. We don't throw the towel in. Jesus Christ is coming back for His people, not a building. He's not coming back for celebration on the rock. No, He's not. He's not coming back for the CICC. No, He's not. He's not coming back for Hillsong. No, He's not. He's coming back for born-again believers that are in celebration on the rock. He's coming back for born-again believers that are in the CICC church. Or New Hope or the Apostolic with Tutei, the Assembly of God with Paul. He's coming back. He's coming back for Hillsong. No, He's coming back for those that are in Hillsong that have a love relationship with Jesus Christ. This is an imperative message. Because it's so easy to do the dress up and just flow into church a little bit and do your thing, clock in and clock it. No, that's not good enough. It's not about works. It's about relationship. It's about surrender. It's about you and I and that passionate, romantic, if you like, relationship with the Lord. I'm not saying you have to do weird things and dance with Jesus. And that. No, no, no. Just open up. God, come inside of me. Set up your kingdom, your dwelling inside of me. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. God is so good. The course that the world has is a certain way. And I believe the enemy has set up a system. He has, when we understand the book of Revelation, it's very clear that he has a system, has a set pattern of thinking. The Bible talks about a course, it's a track, it's like a rut. And we get, we get drawn into that sort of thing, we just go with it, you know? And we go with it over the abortion issues. We go with it over the LGBT issues. We go with it over so many social issues. Even the vaccination issues, I'll just throw that out. We just go with all these things. But I'm saying, look, think through. As a friend, just think through the issues. See it or love our neighbor as ourself. And you be the first person to wash a person's feet. You be the first person to jump over the fence. 
and help somebody in the time of the need. You'd be the first person to lay your life down for them or anybody else, because that's what we do. And me the same, I do it. That's what we're called to do. But I'm saying we've got to think through the issues where there's a narrative, Lord, okay, this is what's been presented, but I want to see it through the context of the Word of God. It's very important for us because what's happening is this progressively, the church has been indoctrinated. People have been indoctrinated by the spirit of this world. And if we're not in the Word of God, and I asked my leaders last night and I got a bit of a, uh, an infantry or whatever you call it for the leaders who's reading it and how much they read it. I said, we don't really talk like this, but I said, it's a good thing. But if we're not anchored in his word, where's your point of reference? Oh, I'm just with the spirit of God. Well, you're going to go crazy. You're going to go weird and loopy. No, the spirit of God and the word of God. Wigglesworth said the end time movement is about two things. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit the person of the Holy Spirit, and the revelation of God's Word, not one without the other. And so you can flow in corporate meetings and you can come to corporate prayers. Great. I encourage all of us to be there. But I want to ask you, are you meeting Him? Are you talking with Him? Amen? Oh, my goodness. If I didn't love you, I'd be talking about something else this morning. Come, Let's uh, reason together and uh, we'll talk about the good things. Or we'll talk about um, other stuff. No, no, we've got to talk issues. Issues. Got to talk about real stuff. He's coming. Why do you think I'm preaching like this? The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming to this earth. Can't we see it? Can we not perceive it? With our spirit, aren't we yearning for it? Are we longing for his coming? The prayer that when we pray in uh, uh, Luke 11, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're praying for God's kingdom to come as it replicates heaven, but we're actually praying indirectly for the second coming of Christ. I don't know if you know that when we pray, God, you bring your kingdom. Guess who is in charge of the kingdom? We're actually praying for God's return. I long for him to come. And I tell you the reason why I long for him to come because I don't want to see the world suffer any more than it is. When, we, when it gets prolonged and prolonged and another month and another year, I just got an absolute printout this morning of all Christians that have been martyred this morning. It took me ages to go through it. And some of the situations are absolutely shocking. But what was encouraging is none of them denied the Lord. Today, this is happening. Last week, two months ago, last year, a readout. Challenge, Christ is coming. A scripture you're never going to hear hardly preach, preach too much, and maybe you will, but it says that God is angry with the wicked every day. Because you've been taught, and I've been taught, God loves everybody. He does. But the Bible says, behold the goodness and the severity of the Lord, the lion and the lamb. There's a serious side to sin. There's a grace side where God just loves us and doesn't matter. I want to pour my mercy upon you. I want to pour my benevolence. Son, come to me. The prodigal son, there's all of that. And there's also the other side where there is a judgment, a ramification or a consequence on our, on our lack of love and our, and our disobedience towards the things of God. Just about there. It's important, I've written here, that we see the right perspective a right perspective. That means, you ready for this? 
I said to our uh, team last night, the two things that are going to be important in the next season is that we have absolute compassion for the harvest, compassion for people, love like we've never loved before, ask God for it. The second thing is we have a love for truth. Here's a scripture for us found in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, right through to 11. The coming of the lawless one, that's referring to the Antichrist himself, not the Antichrist uh, um, spirit in the nations, that is a person that's coming, you'll know that teaching. The coming of the lawless one is according to the work of Satan with all power, signs, and wonders. So that Satan is able to operate through an individual on this earth that's going to operate in power, signs, and wonders with all unrighteous deception. It's a key word for us, deception. And then it says, among those who perish because they did not receive, you ready for this? Among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Do we love truth? That they might be saved. And for this reason, you ready for this? God sent them strong delusion. Oh, God wouldn't say, I can believe in our demons of deception, but God sending delusion? Far be it from God to do that. Paul didn't think so. He wrote it under the spirit of revelation and Bible, uh, God's counsel. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they shouldn't be- believe. <laughs> they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Uh, one of the things, and there's a, a man of God that uh, is still around, he said, in this day and age, we have to have a love for truth. How many of you have ever had somebody try to come along, alongside your life and speak some home truths? <laughs> Maybe your mother, we need to talk. Oh, gosh. Dad, <coughs> we'll have a family meeting. Oh, my goodness. We need to talk. Let's go in the garage. I want to talk to you for about five minutes. <laughs> That's all it is, five minutes. Five minutes of wrath in that garage. Who knows what's going to go on? Or mum and dad says, what time are you home? Uh, why? <laughs> Defensive, you know. But around about five, five, six. Okay, we'll be waiting for you. We want to talk about some things. <gasps> but isn't it when someone tries to bring a correction uh, or, or a, an adjustment, even a sports coach, try, we get defensive, we get upset. I can run. I can pass the ball. Why do I, you know, it's this, this pride thing. Sometimes we, we've got to receive it. We've got to open up our soul for, the, for trusted vessels and trusted individuals. But sometimes, sometimes we just have a problem with truth. Did you know, actually, sometimes the biggest person that deceives ourselves is us. We deceive ourselves. I just thought I'd chuck that out this morning. But sometimes we do. But in the midst of the storm, we are calm. How about that? We are calm. How come we're calm? Because we don't have a storm in our mind. As a born again, we don't have a storm in our heart. When the pressures come, our fortress shall remain. We will be steadfast, unshakable, because we're on the solid rock. The solid rock is the one that we stand on, Christ. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. Lord Jesus, we just bless your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're a good God, Lord. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. You're so kind to us, Lord. You're so awesome to us, Lord Jesus. We can be busy in church life and be barren spiritually. 
We could be serving in the vineyard, yet our relationship is not there. It's not engaged. Do you know what happens in the world? Somebody works and works and works and works. We call them a workaholic. But in the church, we have people that work and work and work and work. We say, oh, they're faithful. I want to ask you this morning, if I was a doctor this morning, and that's a profession I'd have loved to have in the natural, but if I was a doctor, I would ask you, what's going on? I ask you some questions, and then we do an examination on your heart to see where your heart is at. I believe this is a message that constantly we need to come back into the church because it's so easy just to get distracted like Martha, get distracted, allow our hearts to grow cold. It's God, I want you. I desire you more than anything else. I desire you to come. It's not just an emotional encounter. It's something from our spirit that resonates with Him. We desire God above all. When I was listening to the music and having a bit of an encounter, if you like, this morning, I was praying, God, come. Jesus, come. Come to this world. I love you, Lord. I love you. I want my family and friends and relatives. Many are born again, but Lord, I ask that you would come. Come to our nation. Take away the deception. Take away the hoo-ha. Take away the pretense, the religious garbage, Lord God. Take away the suit and ties if you have to. Take away the stuff. Take it away, Lord God. Bear it. Bear me, Lord, before you. Authentic Christianity, where it's a heart, where we're going to see God face to face. And let me tell you, when Jesus Christ comes back, and I close on this, this is what He's going to go for. When God comes back, born by the blood of Jesus Christ into His kingdom, He's going to be one thing He's going to be looking for, to see if the image of His Son, God, wants to see if the image of His Son is expressed in your life. Amen. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.